0: boom Andy Fenton happy Friday my friend happy Friday to you brother uh we haven't uh well it's been a couple of weeks yes it's uh, well maybe two weeks since we got to sit down at a desk anyway last time we chatted uh, I was driving and it was uh we had Paul on that's Last right. week I was away in the middle of the desert. I think you did a bit of hand solo action. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> a, bit, bit of, bit of life, a bit of
1: live bit of a bit of live QA. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah, just yeah, trying to keep yeah.
1: everyone entertained, Jason. You know, <laughs> that, that's it.
0: <laughs> uh, but here we go. Got a few, uh, few regulars, uh, rocking on back to the show. Calvin, good to see you. Happy Friday, my friend uh, James. It's one o'clock. Uh, happy Friday to you. It is uh, Ben's uh, Ben's on the on the wines too? Well, that's awesome. And uh, we've got someone dialing in. Uh, whoever that is, good day to you too. Uh, wherever you are, uh, great to be with you again uh, on the wine uh, wealth, wine and wisdom Fridays. Uh, Fridays, we're uh, we're back on Friday. Uh, It works. Afternoon, gents, from the amazing Diane. And um, there you go. Carolyn's in the house as well. So it's awesome. Good to see people jumping on, Andy. Uh, Plenty going on out there in the world, uh, as we always do, folks. A little intro for anyone who's uh, seeing this for the first time or dialing in or whatever. Andy Fenton um, in the world of banking and finance uh, extraordinaire uh, joins me uh, tonight on my Left, but on my right as I look at him, <laughs> and um, all things finance, financial planning, super structuring, trusts, uh, tax planning, amazing brain, and uh, a, a good stand-up guy also, and uh, pretty handsome as as uh, according to uh, <laughs> according to our sources, <laughs> and uh, Jason Witten uh, in the world of property, twenty odd years. I've been property investors across Australia and New Zealand. And uh, between the two of us, we've done a few things and each Friday we get together, have a glass of wine and uh, debrief the week and maybe share a bit of our, hopefully, our wisdom of our two industries. Started in the middle of COVID, wanting to support our tribe and um, continues on to this day, really enjoying the the world of um, sharing and uh, teaching. And uh, helping those business owners and property investors around Australia, hopefully with uh, um, a little bit of wisdom when it comes to those things. So, good morning to you. Oh, good afternoon to you, Jim and uh, Graham. Evening, Graham's uh, always with us. And um, here's the go. Still watching the the crypto, Andy slowly climbing. We'll talk. We might even uh, we might even do a few questions a bit later on about that one. (laughs) Uh, Oh dear. uh, as we roll in, but um, what we might do, Andy, if you you can, because I know uh, we were talking about uh, a few things about what's in the news. I know you've got uh, a couple of things on your radar. Um, Why don't you kick off this week, what's in the news? What we do, folks, just before Andy does, I just forgot to say, we do it in three sections, what's in the news. Uh, We think there's some things you should know and also questions, and Andy did a bit of the groundwork last week about getting a bunch of questions. So tonight we're going to dive into a bunch of those questions tonight. So stay tuned. Some pretty good ones on the radar um, across across uh, a bunch of people. So, but Andy, over to you, mate. What's in the news? What do you got for us? Well, firstly,
1: what's uh, what's not in the uh, in the, the common newspaper news, mate? Uh, a little birdie tells me that uh, you're you're being uh, seconded to do some pretty high profile presentations here and there. Uh, it may not have made the, the mainstream press at the moment, but uh, but I, my sources tell me that, uh, that you've been doing a bit of speaking in and around town and, uh, uh, you know, I had to do some calculations to, to help uh, write a bit of a bio intro. I was told that it has to be wanky <laughs> enough to be able to suit the uh, the. the, the the types of Collins street bankers and uh and macquarie bankers of the world so uh i might ask a few questions about that but one of the things that uh that interested me in in giving a bit of feedback there is you and i have, have sort of looked back and gone okay well in our respective careers how much have we you know created as far as wealth is concerned for clients and things along the way and we were always looking back on backwards numbers but i was thinking maybe what we need to do is go, what would those actual investments be worth in today dollar terms? Because we, you know, yeah. they're pretty out there numbers just in in what's been raised. And when I was uh, listening and, and assisting in writing your bio, mate, um, uh, without any puffery, uh, the, the numbers were <laughs> significantly within in the, the, the big B billion marks uh, at the present day value of when those things were acquired over time. Mm. Rather than, uh, than have a, uh, a swinging competition, mate, so t- tell me a little bit about
0: some of these speaking things that you are doing around the traps at the moment. Uh, well, I got a bit of a, an opportunity to speak in front of, uh, let's say, um, your historical um, peers, Andy, the banking and the developing and uh, the infrastructure um, people in Brisbane. It was, uh, it was great. It was today. There's a couple of hundred people in the room. And uh really got a chance to sort of have a talk to developers, uh, counselors, financiers about Brisbane and what Brisbane was uh about to undergo and, and where they see the vision of Brisbane going. So I uh, got a bit of a call up for that today. It was excellent. I had a good time to you know, where it's it's not my natural wheelhouse, um, but uh I certainly uh certainly wasn't shy about uh giving a bit of an opinion or two about where I see <laughs> <laughs> developers going wrong um and um uh, supposedly they were very nice and said it was great, so uh supposedly it was a good chat uh, but uh yeah it was uh, it was fantastic to do that in front of some you know some quite professional peers and uh get some really nice feedback as well so um yeah
1: it was you're nothing you're nothing if not modest uh from what i hear and, uh, <laughs> mate, uh, I heard that the brief was uh we need to find somebody conservative who won't necessarily uh, tell us what they believe. They're just gonna tow the company line and then uh they couldn't <laughs> find anybody, so they came for you, mate. So that's uh that's, that's how the gig started. That's uh of yeah. course not how it started. It's uh mate, they're picking the cream of the crop, mate, and uh they couldn't have had anybody better there. So mate, that that is what wasn't in the uh in the popular news, but mate's screening back out, uh there's a few things that are in the news and the world is going a bit chaotic at the moment and if we have a look at this, uh, well, we've been able to see a couple of the new hotspots uh, that, uh, that have come up uh, around the country. I love this little cartoon. Uh, quite literally, some of the hotspots uh, in and around our, our wonderful politicians out there. But uh, for all of you, in all seriousness, who are with me in lockdown in, uh, in Melbourne, uh, Jason and I are sending big hugs uh, out to all of you. We do have some tips a little bit later on tonight uh in order to be able to give you some uh some some help along the way and uh and we will continue to report on that because this is how it all started but uh if only those fires uh were burning a little bit harder uh in the cartoon and a little bit lesser on the streets i think that we'd all be a little bit uh a little bit better off but of course the main topic of uh of this week melbourne back into lockdown what does all of that mean uh and we'll come back to that later on with some of the tips some of the government grants let you all know so if you are out there and you know business owners uh then tell them to tune in give shoot them out the link get them to come on board if they've got any questions please 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 fire them into our chat box because we will uh answer them if not this week we might even do it midweek throughout the week if uh if the lockdown continues uh we're here to serve from that perspective so uh Uh, may the flames on the politicians uh, get hotter and may they become uh, less on the street but uh, before we jump into that i thought i thought we'd go to a bit of global news so that we we don't start off with uh with the the sort of the what's happening in melbourne because um uh, we'll we'll sort of go into that in detail but maybe maybe a bit of light-hearted stuff at the moment um you know your favorite company uh or second favorite company jace Uh, Tesla uh, (laughs) down significantly today, Uh, 25,000 Tesla Model 3 cars uh, clawed back due to safety concerns. Apparently, Jason, uh, if you're not driving your car, then that car might drive off the road. And, uh, and apparently that affects the share price of Tesla. You can imagine if Ford and all of these other companies were judged by the same metrics, uh, then every single car company would be crashing. But quite legitimately, mate, uh, two, two main reasons for, the, for the, the stock price coming back about 5% uh, today or last night. Uh, first was 23,000 uh, Tesla Model 3s quote, unquote, I'm not 100% sure that's exactly the number, it's it's in and around there, recalled due to safety concerns. And those safety concerns yeah, right. in some aspects do actually come from people not driving their car, uh, autopilot amongst a few other things, but also, uh, which is the reason why I've got Sir Joe up the top here, Sir is the name I've given him, not the name that he was given by anybody else, uh, but uh, the... Um, uh, that China have actually decreased the amount of Tesla cars that they've been purchasing uh, from Tesla down in a big way. So we've seen some uh, reasonable volatility in a, in a lud stock of yours, mate, which I thought you would be interested
0: in that's a right. uh, good time to buy in double down on tesla that's what that's that's the go. <laughs> just reminding everybody
1: that this is not a stock uh tip uh <laughs> is advice right. it's a, certainly not from mr witten's <laughs> side of the equation but uh love, love tesla it's good it's, it's good to uh good to own i do own some yeah. tesla and, uh i've, I've ne- i haven't bought it for the perspective of expecting good profits out of it, even though we have got great profits out of it. Uh, I bought it just because I love the company uh, and love the man. But I'm going to belt the man up a little bit in, uh, later on today. But uh, oh, this is a really interesting one, and it goes for the geopolitical stuff that people ask us about uh, quite frequently. But uh, good old Joe, Mr. Biden, has, uh, has blacklisted now 59, I think it is, 59 uh, US, uh, China stocks. So Huawei is, uh, is in line with them uh, and a number of other big China stocks that have links to uh, China, uh, oh, what's it called, intelligence and military operations. So this will be a really, really, really interesting one to watch because we talk about, uh, we talk about cycles and when a debt cycle finishes, which is where we should be at the moment, you go through yeah. trade wars, you sorry, you go through currency wars. You go through cha- trade wars. Then you go through real wars. But perhaps the real war is is a little bit of a different beast at the moment. So this is something that uh, it's not a currency war. It's not a trade war. It's it's actually a little bit of a war of intelligence and data. So maybe that is the the new war that's going to be fought. Fifty nine stocks, mate. Fifty nine big names, uh, and they're linked to to China military or china intelligence gathering it's going so, to be blacklisted so talk, in a month's time
0: talk us through andy how are they blacklisted explain that more like i get the idea yeah okay they're blacklisted but like they're not allowed to be traded on on the stock market you can't have Correct. access to them they're banned out of the country tell, tell me tell us tell us all what that means
1: well i'm not sure that it's actually ever really happened to this level before so I'm going to use a little bit of fact and a little bit of speculation here because I've I, I got other things that have been looking at a lot more depth than this, in-depth than this. But uh, effectively, May 29th, January, March, April, May, June, July, August 29th, I think it is, 28th, 29th, um, anyway, late August, uh, that's the closing bell. So you can trade out of the stock. So in theory, these stocks should plummet, right, because all American investors will no longer be able to trade in that stock uh if you haven't sold out you will hold that stock but you will not be able to trade out of that stock in america wow. uh, so if, big big moves uh and there's already a, a little bit of uh, hustle and bustle shall we call it from china in regards to this because at you can see what's happening it's kind of like well if you're going to have these stocks and they're going to be gathering data from US sources and they're linked to China military and we're not playing nice at the moment. Well, in that case, you can't have American funds subsidising the operations of these uh, companies. So it's a national security measure. That's the reason that they're able to do it. They wouldn't legally be able to do it commercially. It would be anti-competition, but pull out the old... um, uh, pull out the old uh, the, the national security card national and you security. can waterboard somebody. You can pretty much do whatever you want. Uh, no, you can't. I just say that you can't waterboard somebody just in case there's some sensitive listeners out there that uh, take what I'm saying for, for fact. But uh, but basically, when you bring out the national security card, when you're in America, you can pretty much do whatever you want. So, 59 stocks uh, from China, no longer traded in the US. That is a big one mate it's uh it's really really interesting never seen anything like it before um not That's sure huge. yeah it, but what those people the conspiracy theorists the cryptocurrency uh, dealers, the people talking about hyperinflation, uh, the people talking about geopolitical threats. I mean, you and I know that diagram. I'm not sure if you've got it on call, mate, uh, the the old uh, data versus conspiracy. Uh, yeah, the data one. <laughs> uh, Give me a moment, caller. <laughs> but uh, this, and basically the, this is going to set people and the cat amongst the pigeons in a big way because, People are going to read into it a lot more than what what is necessary to be read into it, because yes. realistically, yeah. it's a strategic move and it makes a lot of sense. But uh, the knock-on effects of this can be quite significant. So my my tip on this is you're going to see some mass volatility in uh, you know what I call conspiracy. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so I maybe make that the uh, the old big one. <laughs> I love this. Is that data is just data, and at the moment we're we're getting some of the data, and we're giving you the information that's out there. And the information is uh, is the is the fact that you know these stocks are no longer going to be traded. Now it may well be that some people have the knowledge that can link a few of these points together. That say, well, they they aid uh, U.S. military. They gather data, so it's an intelligence company. So that gives you some insights, perhaps on the bottom left, that says that. Well, if they're operating in Australia, uh, sorry, in the US, then they're getting money from the US and they're gathering data from the US and possibly using it against them. And maybe that's the wisdom that then says, well, we should blacklist the stock. But the conspiracy theory starts with a point of data and goes, well, this probably could mean this over here and the next thing you know, you've got a pink unicorn. So, mate, I reckon there's going to be pink unicorns flying all Everywhere. around the crypto yeah. world, the gold world, the uh, the 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 futures trading, the, uh, the mate, we're going to see some we're going to see some fun uh, in markets and in uh, in the you know, the conspiracy theory world, and I say that mate, and some parts of it might be right, all right, but uh, but I think that we're going to see some large volatility in what I call the the media stocks, and and here's a new one, mate, so that uh, that is now really starting to gain momentum. Do you know what the newest type of, uh, they're like cryptocurrency stocks. Do you know what they're calling high volatility, emotional kind of media traded stocks? They're called meme stocks. Mm-hmm. Meme stocks? Mm-hmm. Meme, stocks. <laughs> meme stocks. And uh, so for those of you who want to check out uh, AMG, which is uh, which is in the news a lot, that's uh, been recently purchased by, uh just got divorced, largest one of the, Amazon. Uh and uh and who's the other one? Game stock, which is actually it you is know, s- stores of uh of gaming, like uh G-A-G-E games, GA games in Australia. It's like that over in the US. And these stocks have volatility that's off the chart, you know, get sixty percent up in a single day's trade and then fall off the edge of a cliff based off tweets. So we now have the invention of a new stock out in the marketplace and it is called meme stocks. Um, so meme, meme stocks. stocks meme stocks yeah so uh and where they get this from jace is this and and so for the current for the the cryptocurrency uh legends out okay. there cop this this is uh this is absolutely what i've been talking about now for weeks and weeks and weeks if not months check this shit out look at <laughs> this bitcoin <laughs> <That's> slides <laughs> bitcoin slides after musk tweets broken heart emoji for a token right so let, let me give you the facts behind this so uh bitcoin <laughs> slid all right after a tweet a tweet from Elon Musk apparently hitting a potential split with the largest cryptocurrency the latest post from the billionaire uh, uh to buffet the token's price the coin dropped as much as 5.4 percent and was trading at thirty six thousand nine hundred and eighty as at uh, 7, uh, 7.05 P, uh, a.m. London time, so it dropped five point seven percent, five point seven percent like that on the back of a broken heart emoji tweeted by Elon Musk. Uh, this is. So you, I mean, you,
0: you've talked about this. You've talked about this before. You and I have talked about. The speed of information and uh, in now emotion, right? The speed of information and emotion being being communicated, being transferred into the marketplace is, is just a, at at tweet speed, right? At at lightning speed, and uh, you know it affects it's affecting the market it just in crazy ways, huh? <laughs> I reckon. Uh, I reckon. I reckon Musk is just
1: sitting behind, going, uh, "All right, I'll buy." and I'll tweet a heart, right, I'll tweet a heart. Let's see what happens there. I'll I'll buy a billion dollars and I'll tweet a heart. Let's see if I can make $7 billion out of a billion dollars just by tweeting a heart. And the the irony about this, mate, and I'll wrap it up, I know I'm being a little bit satirical, (laughs) but the irony behind this is he was using bloody Twitter, right? So let's have a look at the most socially unadvanced, not advanced, Barely advanced social platform that there is, right? Like yeah, it's
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's words that is in a data feed, right? It is. It's got. There's no real complexity to it. So Musk is using a platform which is inherently inherently not a technically uh, challenging tap platform. Like there, it, there's not a lot to Twitter, right? And Twitter's yeah. been trying to figure out how do we reduce our reliance on advertising income in order for us to be a relevant, you know, company. So so a billionaire is using Twitter to tweet and potentially having massive billion-dollar slides on cryptocurrencies, which are innately a complex, uh, you know, technology instrument, and he's using Twitter, which is kind of like the old E.H. Holden uh, of the, the social world, and now Twitter... Is basically come out and uh and launch Twitter Blue. Right. So Twitter Blue, my friend, uh is now the, the monetized version of Twitter. And I, I love this. So the monetized version of Twitter is that you pay, I think, three to four dollars a month. Bugger all. And uh and so you can get these amazing benefits, Jason. Amazing benefits. Uh let me list off the top three. <laughs> All right, the amazing benefits that Twitter is, uh, is inspired and requested by users include the ability to bookmark folders designed to help you organise your tweets more easily. Uh, pretty astounding okay. uh, technology revolution there. Uh, then number two, number two, the ability to undo a tweet, which lets users set a timer of up to 30 seconds to be able to adjust the tweet that they send if they've made a mistake. So you can actually go back the top two features. You can bookmark and organise it in a filing cabinet and you can edit a tweet. And, uh, and for that, you'll get uh, 2 to $3 a month uh, and they will get that from, I reckon, billions of users around Australia so they can organise <laughs> and they can edit their tweets. <laughs> the world is just a very funny place.
0: <laughs> mate uh it that that's hilarious i've been uh i've been out in the desert rock climbing and i haven't noticed any of this in the last week or two so i'm glad you've been keeping an eye on it, Andy. Uh, for us what's in the news it's
1: just <laughs> so, you know it's it's a bit berserk is it? you know there, there's some real stuff going on at the moment we'll we'll cover off on that today but uh mate, it's it's amazing when news drops it just drops it's like these guys all of us they, they've had a, visit, a bit of a desert holiday, right? So there's been nothing around for a little bit. Nothing, no, no new news, and so they start creating it. And they have been creating news for I don't know about two or three months now. Do you reckon?
0: Yeah, yeah, it has. It like okay, we got nothing. Let's let's find something. It's gonna, let's scrape the bottom of the barrel. Let's stir something up. Let's have a sticky beak around. You know, at the end of the day. Yeah, it. And, you know, you got to feed the bees, do putting- you know,
1: when A Current Affair has a, a news article about somebody putting the, the, the bin in the wrong place on a neighbourhood street, you know that stuff's about to go berserk <laughs> because you've got people looking in new places for news and, uh, and what yeah. you've got is you've got those people searching for it and creating it in different areas and then all of a sudden it just explodes and new releases come out because everyone sees an opportunity in the market to, to
0: launch their product. So.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, um,
0: well, it's interesting. Um, uh, whoever this is, give us a shout out in the chat. But uh, you know, th- this is a really interesting comment, Andy. Right? So you know, you know the the idea of cryptocurrency and blockchain and, and, and Bitcoin is to you know decentralise it and and have it un you know uncontrolled or not in control by you know uh, governments and banking institutions, right? But here's the thing. Now it's controlled by influencers, maybe you know. Now it's controlled by the popular, the popular masses. All right, now it's controlled by you know being popular. It, it's, uh, whoever said this, Karen? But well, you know that's a great um insight, potential insight. Maybe, maybe it's one of those unicorns. Maybe that's uh, a, a data point too far a leap. But I like that one. I do like that one at all. That's that's some interesting thinking. Some very interesting thinking. Don't want to be controlled by governments, but hey, something's being controlled or influenced right now. Um, good work, Karen. Um, it's uh, good. The, to see the you. Day, <laughs> the day that we're making
1: stock decisions based on what happens, on married at first sight. Is the day I'm leaving the industry.
0: Right, that, <laughs> that I'm checking uh, out. Uh, arguably, Andy Fenton. That's the way it's been forever and a day. We've just <laughs> never been. We've just never seen it. And, <laughs> At this speed, at this speed, let's say. But, um, you know, it's an, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? That's, uh, that's, that's uh, it's, yeah, well, well far and out. Look, well, that's um, yes, the reality behind it, just as a quick, you know, serious
1: point in that. Uh, if you go to yeah. certain uh, coins, like different coins are affected by different people and different segments, Right, so if you go to Stellar as an example, they are affected by uh, by banks, by hedge funds, so on and so forth, because they're being utilised for the pur- that purpose. So it, it could be that you start to see some uh, that they're influenced, but by different sectors and different people and different powers within those sectors. And then it's your yeah, choice yeah. as to whether you you play in those areas of exchange. And um, because, you know, there, there have been, you know, um, Ethereum, Bitcoin blew up uh, and they're, they're highly volatile. Well, all of all coins are. But uh, I was listening to and I know that we get some uh, some comments in and around this. And Karen last week from Central Coast jumping into some of the questions uh, said, what's your take on the crypto market at the moment? And I was listening to, to Justin Sun, who is the founder of Tron uh Tron is a is a coin that's out there uh and so listen to this for some statistics uh reasonably new coin in in the coin uh, uh universe and uh it's gone from 100 million to 300 billion um uh, sorry 30 billion and it'll hit 100 billion this year estimated global settlements which is means that the the exchange of money or the exchange of tokens or coins Within this market has surpassed paypal the global paypal exchange so in tron which is not a big coin by any stretch of the imagination the day the daily changeover in in tron coins is 10 billion dollars versus paypal which is two billion dollars a day now So what's my take on uh, crypto is that the amount of money being exchanged through this mechanism is gargantuan, Uh, extraordinary. But here's the thing. So is the amount of money that goes through a casino.
0: Mm.
1: A lot of people talk about, and I'm not saying the two are the same, not by any stretch of the imagination, but what I am saying (laughs) is that when, when people talk about transaction volume as being a reference of quality, that is absolutely not the case, because otherwise, one of the one of the strongest commodities in the world is uh, twenty seven. Jason, bet on twenty seven. Um, <laughs> I'm not even sure whether that number exists on the roulette wheel. But uh, so, take on crypto is still very much the same. You know, it, if if you if you get in with players and understand the underlying market. And another one was from uh, Naomi Minogue last week. who said, "How do you start investing in crypto?" And my answer to how do you start investing in crypto is, is you start investigating it. You start reading about it. Yeah. You start absorbing the knowledge behind it. You start understanding why was Ethereum built? You know, why is it different to Bitcoin? Uh, you know, what is Tron? And why was Tron built? And why is Tron better or different than Ethereum? Where did Dogecoin come from? Is it really a joke that started off? Uh, and for me, that is where you start. And it's not sexy, but if you really want to actually be a, an investor of any degree of qualification, you just got to do the you got to do the groundwork because
0: otherwise you'll be creating. I don't know if unicorns. you've read this one. This one um, of recent times, Andy. I think I was sort of mentioning it to you. The Art of the Impossible, excellent book, excellent audio book. If anyone's reading, but you know, it just uh, reminds me of um, if you want to know a subject there's a really interesting way of getting involved. Do the research, <laughs> read, read 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 some popular literature, then read some very technical literature, you know, get involved. You know, it might take you six months, a year to um, to understand the thing, but you're not going to be left behind. You know, at the end of the day, we are absolutely at, at the ground floor, if not well below the ground floor of the world of digital currencies and stuff like that. It's here to stay. You and you and i like it it is uh it it is not arguable that it's that it's gonna go away um but what we can see when it comes to the value and the stability of something that we would what, that we might call an asset right now it's so volatile, so influential, so unpredictable um it it's like I wouldn't call it assets like so but certainly I would call it interesting. Certainly I would call it something we should be learning, observing and understanding um, as, we, as we go into the next decade because in the next 10 or 20 years, something somewhere is going to become the thing, the one, the something or multiple of and it's going to be pretty interesting when you see it. But um, at the end of the day, I like the idea um, for me uh, is there are all interesting ways to create uh money and um you know one of them could be trading in and out of cryptocurrency one of them could be creating trading in and out of um everyday currency you know trading in you know american dollars versus you know australian dollars versus new zealand dollars dollars you know um that's been around forever and a day um it's a volatile game as well so it's an interesting one um that yeah don't uh it's a probably a new. It's a it's a spin on an old thing, but it's a new thing. If if uh but the fundamentals are still there. At the end of the day, don't bet the house on it because you know something going up or down sixty percent in a day, gang. That is absolutely insane when it comes to your wealth. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I, I I would go listen. Put one percent in there and get to know it, maybe. Um, and the ninety nine percent put it in the slow and steady wins the race. Um. Yeah. For me, that, that's that, that's what I would do, you know. At the end of the day, but uh, it's good to see a few people uh, dialing in as we go. Um, we've got um, um, we've got uh, Kelvin. He's uh, he's investing uh, in twenty seven. That might be a, a coin. Um, uh, g'day to <laughs> Harry, big fella. Good to see you dialing in, brother. Um, all the way from Sydney, uh, Yasmin's here and uh, saying hello um graham's in he's 200 bucks in coin spot and uh that's good we'll see how we roll and um yeah i reckon this is kind of true it could be considered a form of gambling uh like i actually believe all all share markets are form of gambling to be honest um uh and probably just it's probably fast and slow gambling but anyway we we could could, uh, wax lyrical on those things all day long I, i would think but um Maybe, uh i'll I'll, uh, I'll change gears here Andy for sort of what's in the news in the world of real estate um and one thing that sort of popped up this week uh, which I think is quite interesting quite uh, uh quite cool for all of us in the property investing space uh, when it comes to what's going on out there is uh well it's interesting times the market there's i mean you know the property market right now is just a good news story everywhere and uh, you know that's uh, you know other than you know, one or two things that might be you know my uh, my issues with lockdown in Melbourne, which are real. You know, might not be able to show tenants through or whatever it is? Wow, gee, I tell you what, the prices are rising, and uh, there's no there's no um, there's no sign of it slowing down anytime soon. Uh, and I mean, soon in the world, the real estate is not one or two days when it comes to the volatility of. You know, Bitcoin or some other, you know, um shares, maybe, you know, Tesla or whatever, a couple of tweets and you you lose five percent of your value of your stock. Uh the world of real estate for the first time in thirty years is doing some insane things. Sydney median house price rose forty thousand dollars in one month. That's a three percent rise. That's the highest single monthly gain in thirty years. Wow. And um So, you know, that's kind of cool. It's certainly not normal, gang. Um, This is extreme, (laughs) extreme abnormal. And, you know, this is probably, you know, one of these, it goes from what's in the news to things you should know. Um, You you should know. know. Yeah, if you've just started right now, this is not normal, gang. You know, for those who are buying property, you know, I've got people right now who've bought houses like first home buyers Andy and and uh, my brother and his girlfriend are one of them. You know, they bought a house for four hundred eighty nine thousand. The thing's almost worth five hundred fifty thousand. They haven't even completed it yet. And you know, that like well, what I hope is they don't think that that's normal. That like that's this 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 moment in time is not a normal you know market in real estate. So, um, but if you do have this happening for you, um you know, now's the time to have a little look at. I, I did a little live this morning, a little Facebook live about equity lock, making sure as your property values go up, you can lock in some equity so you have access to liquidity when it comes to your real estate. Um, real estate uh, can be you can you can lick you can have liquidity in two ways in real estate. One, you can sell it, but you end up with costs and um, and uh, you know uh, taxes associated to the sale, or liquidity. Um, you can equity release. You can increase your loans and have access to that money. You can do something with it. But um, it's an interesting time, Andy, right now. Melbourne and Sydney, even though Melbourne's in, what, was it the third or the fourth lockdown? Um, you know, the Melbourne prices are still very, very uh, strong and rising. Also, the Sydney prices um, absolutely going gangbusters. And that's one of the things that um, um, I have um, a look at um, when when we have a look at. We've got a pretty interesting person. Here we go. (laughs) I saw your face, then Andy. I saw your face. I'm like, what's Andy looking at? Somebody's done something weird. (laughs) Weird on. (laughs) Weird on.
1: (laughs) Anyway, there is some I, unique individuals I, yeah. out in this world of ours. Yeah, I there is, that's fantastic.
0: I love that. I love that. All right, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is mostly a PG show. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, Harry's Harry told us right, there's a fifteenth lockdown right now. Um, so anyway, thanks Harry. Um, it's uh, good to see you're keeping track, um, you'd expect the accountant to keep keep, keep the numbers accurate, um, but uh, away you go. Anyway, on with the show, Andy. <laughs> Please deploy. Oh, that's uh, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but you know what? Um, this is not normal. This is a not normal real estate market. So, you know, everyone just make sure you you, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You take a few... You take a few easy wins when you can get them, um, but uh, you know at the end of the day, Melbourne and Sydney specifically right now, absolutely charging along like there's no tomorrow. And that's one of the things that uh, I love about those two markets. They're just powerful. They're strong, and they can do good things. So um, for for those in the real estate space, make sure um, uh, that you keep rolling. What are we missing? Uh, sorry, Harry, mate. There was someone who was doing some very interesting commenting. Um, <laughs> uh, we had to sort of quickly uh, delete them and block them. But anyway, there you go. Uh, um, thankfully, it didn't show up to everyone else. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway. I did take
1: a screenshot just so I have proof
0: at some point in time that that actually just happened. Uh, oh that's funny busy. we should, we'll, we'll post that to uh to the k two community Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what can
1: uh, happen while you're doing live just, just for those who are listening uh we just we just had uh, an inappropriate bomb come past our uh, uh our feed which while hilarious was 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 definitely not uh the the general consensus of the highbrow humor that we share on this uh on this this program uh but, uh <laughs> definitely unsettling. So, mate, this might actually be a good chance because I did promise everybody last week that we were going to jump into the questions, and we've already tackled some from totally. Karen to the Central Coast uh, on the crypto side, and uh, and Naomi Minogue, Thank you for those questions, and keep them coming through. Especially, look, and I can't emphasise this enough. We're going to go and look at the uh, the government grant stuff for uh, for Victorian businesses soon, uh, but please whack your questions in so that we can. Uh, we can um, uh, we can respond, and we we in potentially have time to research some of them as well. So uh, there's a couple here, mates, uh, that that go straight into that. Is that um, uh, Anne uh, Misson uh, asked? I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, in general, do you reckon that the banks are going to actually loosen their lending criteria? Because yeah, and you would have listened to us earlier on; they were going to repeal the responsible lending legislation because it went too far. The government. Actually, couldn't get that passed, so that there wasn't a full release on it. But uh, mate, what are you seeing in the in the lending world at the moment?
0: Well, uh, this is hot off the press, and um, so today, like I said, I, I I got to rub shoulders with a few of the people in the world of lending, and um, it sort of starts out there in sort of developer lending, like the big end of town lending, and it sort of filters down into the consumer. And um certainly what uh, we're seeing right now, what, what I saw hot off the press today, uh there are thirteen lenders in Australia absolutely gunning for development lending right now and extremely positive around about the world of developing. Jeez, so that's a that big been? change. That that's yeah, been it's been five it's four years. been three or four years, Andy. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, easily uh the development lending was on the nose, you know, certainly when the, the, APRA, the, the APRA changes came in, the LVR changes came in, the the political murmuring about removing negative gearing came in, that sort of 2016-17 era really sort of rattled the lenders and they were like, oh, not another GFC, right? Um, but right now, um, like you and I have been chatting about for months, a lot of money out there, you know, bank accounts and you know bonds and other defensive assets are bloody you know absolutely useless um money's looking for a home and the lenders the lenders need to put it to work somewhere um and australia is considered significantly a safe place a safe bet um i listened to bernard salt today he's quite a good demographer fantastic presenter and um he showed some very convincing conversations around each time we've had some challenges worldwide. Australia has been one of these safe havens for money and um, and uh, play people to invest, and and uh, it's it's flowing right now. So developers, well, every, every other state apart from Victoria,
1: because we've slipped to a double A rating <laughs> with our lockdowns, um, soon uh, to go to a, a a single A rating. But but that, that's that that's really interesting and it, you're probably going to continue on this track but and if you are just maybe bring, pull this back to the tail end does that mean that we're going to see the reintroduction of mezzanine finance funds and second and third mortgage finance funds and all of these things that have we've been told have been shitting on the nose because there's a there's a lending crisis
0: since the GFC all of a sudden these things yep. are going to become mainstream again they are absolutely on the menu and very high on the menu, Andy. they're already in play um I think you just gotta know who's in the know, but they will be mainstream you, uh, I'm calling it again, you and I are calling it live on wealth, wine and wisdom again, you know, give it eighteen months twenty four mm-hmm. months. You're going to be seeing the the rise the golden child, the the new kid on the block, which is the old kid on the block who used to be here. He was here before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, he was here before. Don't worry about that. He's a bit fatter <laughs> and a little slower,
1: uh, but uh, he's yeah. certainly coming around again. So that, yeah, right, that, yeah. that, that means good things for Macquarie. Macquarie operate the best in this space, and I reckon – I reckon, and I know you won't reveal, okay. but I don't know, we haven't had this conversation, but I reckon that came from the nose of somebody who was in the Mac Bank, I reckon. Uh,
0: no, they, they're they're in the know. They're in the know. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, bankers, what do they do? They have to put money to work at a very low risk, Andy, and, you know, they're, they've got all sorts of whiz-bang whistles and things that they measure and whatever it might be, but um, it's hot off the press. They are on the bandwagon, they are looking to put money to work. And one of the things that we've always seen, you know, uh, as, a, as a property guy and, and working with lots of developers around Australia, um, you know, those guys have to, you know, jump hurdles, pre-sales requirements, debt coverage requirements, equity contribution requirements, and those things, those three things for developers and builders were 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 significant for the last four or five years. They were significant headwinds. And it's one of the reasons that our development pipeline in Australia has literally plummeted to record lows. Um, but uh, the lenders they've dropped they've dropped those requirements. They you don't have to have you know uh, so many pre-sales. It's gone from eighty percent in some cases now down to fifty percent pre-sales. Um, debt debt coverage. You know they, they used to have to have a hundred percent debt coverage in pre-sales. So now. Um, Uh, there's a couple of the major banks saying, oh, we'll do 80% debt coverage in pre-sales. So that's pretty good. A couple of the second tier or the mixed lenders, they're saying, okay, well, um, you actually don't even need any pre-sales. We'll just charge you, you know, 8% or 10% or 12% um, as long as your project is in these locations. So it's very interesting. We haven't seen that for four to five years, Andy. It's back at development stage. And I believe it will flow into residential real estate owners and buyers in the next 12 or 18 months um, as well. I think that looseness well, will flow through. If they start playing in that
1: game, you and I need to have a lot more of a chat about this uh, off screen, but if they start playing in this game again, then there's a natural arbitrage between development and, uh, and resi. Uh, yeah. And then they can start to make money. They can bookend it. And banks love to bookend stuff, right? The reason why they're no longer in uh, financial advice is because they can't take money on the way in and take money on the way out in seven different places in between. But ultimately, banks kind of need to do this stuff. Sometimes they just go too far. But banks need to do this stuff in order to guarantee your deposits. It's this horrible cycle of, of codependence. But uh, if we're seeing them potentially come into this, that means to me two things. There's an incredible... Uh, there's an incredible uh ability to jump into the into the private finance area probably for a period of 12 to 18 months and then it's going to be back in the institutional world uh and uh when it goes back there then a lot of the 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 lenders and the the the, the second tier funders are going to become third and fourth tier funders so they're going to become mm-hmm. so it's going to it'll be interesting to see the rates they come in at but it also makes sense doesn't it because if if you're exposed at the at the the front or the the back end which is actually the investors and the completed property projects of which they're financing now which is the full value of the asset then there's the potential that they can come in and finance at a far greater interest rate but then potentially have the security of having the undeveloped asset that then they can choose the partners to to then do the value add from and they haven't been playing in that space, not on both sides,
0: I would say for about eight years, maybe maybe longer. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they were, they, were, they were, you know, that was kind of the bread and butter just prior to the GFC, right? And the GFC made, you know, quite a mess of it. Um, but it, I was chatting to one of the bankers today and they were like, it doesn't feel like the GFC at all. Like no, it doesn't, you know, it the GF yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs>
1: this I mean and, but this is an interesting point, right? Because the GFC didn't start a year before the GFC. The GFC started uh a decade before. Uh and we're in very different times and very different velocity of money uh times. Yeah. But it, it's an interesting recalibration point because when we talk about debt cycles, and, and you and I haven't talked about this since you know when there was nothing to talk about, so probably Christmas. Um and so debt cycles, we they're they're multi-generational. So we see stock market rise and crashes. We see property markets, booms and busts, and property does do that, right? People don't believe me, but it does. Take, take uh, strip does, inflation out totally. and then watch it, and it goes up and down, just like everything else. Uh but the debt cycles are multi-generational you know 50 60 sometimes 150 years and so supposedly we're at the end of a debt cycle but if this is now if this is now being reincarnated that would suggest that we've actually seen the end of the debt cycle so i'm going to mm. make a, a little suggestion here and whatever day it is, funny 4th of june that if this stuff, doing,
0: call it out loud
1: yeah if this stuff starts to 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 take off at a bank level uh and they're getting back into this playbook. That means that the debt cycle is now in a new, it's in a new cycle. And it means that it's in a faster developing cycle, which means that if you want to be a historian who looks forward, then you need to go a decade back from the GFC and start understanding how first, second uh, tier mortgage mezzanine finance worked in the banking sector, understand Pyramid, understand a few other companies that came and went through those periods, understand MFS, uh, that was been and gone and, and understand that the dynamics. Yeah, yeah, and LM
0: investments. Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, uh, but understand how that actually transpired over that period of time. Uh, because, and literally just heard it here, so my brain's just mossing around. Like, But uh, if, that's, if that's what is generally going to happen,
0: perhaps we're actually in a new cycle, but we just didn't realize that we got there. Uh, And I think it's happened a little bit faster than everyone expected, Andy. Like I was chatting with a few people, you know, literally, you know, in Australia anyway, you know, everyone sort of woke up in February going, oh, well, the world hasn't ended. You know, we made it to Christmas. January was pretty good. Like let's crack on. You know, I feel like the pace that's been set since February has just been absolutely manic, you know, for for a lot of us. But um, Harry's got a good question here. And, Harry, this is a good one, mate. Um, Thanks for shouting it out uh it's certainly one that um in my talk today, I was telling um you know the the developers and builders listening in absolutely there are challenges uh for those builders and developers who do not have very uh clear lines of sight through to the completion of their projects when it comes to their uh their delivery partners and so subbies. Materials, et cetera, et cetera. This is the hidden risk right now in the marketplace. My suggestion to some of the builders and developers, because I've seen this before, Andy. Unfortunately, you know, uh, many years ago, just prior to the GFC, you know, our world, my world, positive, like we would, we're the the champion of the buyer, so we would go in and and really negotiate hard with the developers, um, and builders. We'd get good prices, and then in the end, the slightest headwind for the builder or developer, they wouldn't be able to complete the project. Um, and uh, so, I suggested today to all the developers and builders to build in at least a three to five percent price rise in their property prices for everybody's sake. Everybody's sake, because if they can't deliver on their projects, the property um, construction costs price increases are coming. Harry, it absolutely is going to be passed on 100%, no questions asked. It's already being passed on and we're seeing some of our great developers already letting us know to expect price increases because the cost of construction and the risk of construction prices um, not being able to be controlled is just they have to price it into their projects. So, Good question, Harry. But if you've got some builders or some clients, mate, you know I would be saying, gang, put your prices up five percent or don't do the project because you might sell it out now, but you won't be able to complete it. You know that's. uh, But uh, Harry, happy to chat, mate. If you need um, at any time, it's it
1: brings up a really interesting point. And Harry, it's an absolute cracker of a question uh, because there's another couple of questions that we had also last week. Uh, and I'm just trying to find the one here. There was David Lee's who said, "What are your thoughts around predicted US inflation ten years plus? How will that affect New Zealand and Australia? What happens if uh, the US go under? Blah blah blah." But basically, it's what what do, what do we invest in if uh, if inflation starts to kick off? But before we go into that question, there was a lot of inflation questions uh, last week, Jace. It's it's interesting because. Property prices don't just rise because investors want to pay more for them. Property prices rise because it costs more to build the bloody things. Yeah. Uh, the material costs go up. And we know that we're in a period of time of prolonged supply chain disruption. And we we ha- there's a great deal of uncertainty as to when that supply chain will come back. Online, If it will come back online ever to the degree that it was, who knows, it will, maybe, maybe I don't know, I don't have that that crystal ball. But certainly, uh, you know, down here in Melbourne going through another lockdown, we sit here and we go, well, it's, and here's the thing about you guys, uh, for the rest of you Australian, you know nothing because uh, you, you live in these little utopian universes that don't get affected by anything uh and uh we we call you the ignorant punch uh when you when you live anywhere <laughs> else other than australia uh, other than victoria but what what we and I say that completely tongue in cheek but uh. what I mean by that is that what we know here is we know uh that uh, how quickly things can get out of control with bad regulation uh and how quickly that can stop productivity. Now, when we look globally, we see this all around, and and regardless of whether Australia's done a good job or or not, or whether we've been lucky or not, uh, if you look globally, they're not lucky, whatever the case may be. Now, that supply chain of timber to us, that supply chain of of, of materials to us, uh, that. Anybody who believes that they can see how that's going to run through, whether South America starts to export when they need to be maintaining it for themselves, anybody who tells you they know the answer to that is absolutely just smoking the ganja or, or something similar. <laughs> because none of us fully know how that's actually going to transpire. It's true. But yeah. if you've got not enough property or not enough investment returns, because in the share market's doing the same thing, you get 0% interest rates, you get something in the share market, but you take this as a result of it, same thing, right? So if we, if we then go from a property perspective, well, yes, property prices are already going up from that dynamic, but they're also going up because the cost of actually producing these things is going up. And it's not going up for the reason that it has been for the last 20 years because cost of materials was going down, cost of people was going up. Yeah. Right, so the yeah. tradies were costing more. the The property developers and the marketing and all that stuff was costing more, but the the materials weren't costing more. They're actually costing less. So now we're in a in in a period of time where potentially wage stagnation means that maybe the developers and the and the chippies and the builders and the concreteers maybe they get paid the same for the next decade. They they don't have pro- wage inflation, but the concrete becomes more expensive. The 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 timber becomes more expensive. The the steel becomes more expensive, and that's that that means that
0: properties become more expensive. Uh, yeah. And they're compressing, Andy. You're dead right. What and also too for, I don't know, for a long time, over a decade. You know, the interest rates um, have declined, so um, the gap between the cost of interest and owning a property um, has decreased. So what's been able to have what's been able to happen is, you know, wages have stayed flat because interest rates have gone down, and that's one dimensional. That's certainly, that's certainly not the only reason. Um, but costs of the the money's no cheaper. It can't get any cheaper right now. Um, so what ha- what is going to happen? Like I, you and I, I have chatted pay about, pay you to time. take
1: some money from me. <laughs> so <laughs> it is a thousand dollars. Can you
0: please keep? a hundred thousand safe for me, but that doesn't work out for too long. Not for long. But and it's it's an interesting concept. And you and I, you know, you specifically have mentioned, you know, a number of economies around the world that have, you know, you know, like low to zero bloody interest rates for many years, multiple to Japan and decades. You know, it I, I don't think it's out of the question that that's where we are right now. Um and until we get other things happening, you know, um, it was the it was a conversation today. One of the one of the private funders, uh, a, a private funding group, uh, did a talk today, and they said, you know, what we should see is we should see interest rates go up, and the ability for us as fund managers to increase, you know, um, our returns to our investors and basically they're saying you know what because the interest rates are so low there's no returns in banks there's no returns in bonds they say we're actually having to drop our cost of funds to be competitive in the market to place it in the marketplace because there's so much money floating around like we have to compete we have to like literally buy our way in to opportunities and projects because we can't place the money like the there's more money poking around than they then is making sense at the moment, and um, so it's an interesting one, Andy. I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm very curious to see how it rolls out in the short term. What's happening for property investors? It's it's a positive thing, and uh, the share market. If you know where you're at, and you're able to understand a little bit of value purchasing, you know, you, you're getting a piece of the pie as well. But And
1: look, here's the other thing, is that if inflation starts to run and it gets out of control, which goes to David Lee's comment, uh, and you were talking hyperinflation, and you you mentioned, David, uh, a couple of names that I don't follow, so I can't talk to them and, and didn't get a chance this week to have a look at them. But when inflation starts to really kick off, typically the things that you look for are gold because that's an inflation link. So people would say Bitcoin now. (laughs) Okay, well, you know our thoughts on that. Bitcoin when Musk says good and Bitcoin and gold when Musk tweets, uh, uh, you know, a a broken heart emoji. Um, Commodities, uh, and what we're seeing right now is commodities are actually increasing in value because the supply of commodities is so restricted. Wood, uh, steel, Mm. so on and so forth. Blue Scope has gone up, had a little bit of a, a bounce around more recently. Um so commodities, inflation linked bonds. Like if you honestly believe that uh inflation's gonna go and start to to trip like a car on NAS, uh, on, on on NOS rather, you know, one of those little four-cylinder uh, cars, you know, the little lances and you trip that little sucker up and it just starts sucking uh what what's it called? The uh, carbon mono- not carbon monoxide, but the laughing gas. Um You've got nitrous, inflation oxide, linked, nitro, nitrous, nitrous oxide. oxide, that's it.
0: Uh, <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that, Andy. I was like, how can I support you on this? <laughs> you know when a thought just starts
1: and then it gets further away from you and you can't follow it. So inflation-linked bonds because uh, that means that you'll, you'll track interest rates as they go up. And here's the last one, and I'm not just saying this because I have uh, my man to my left or my right, uh, is real estate trusts and real estate because uh, grounded assets would tend, tend to go up in those times of hyperinflation or inflation. But here's, yeah. here's the one caveat, and and I, I always say this, is that history doesn't repeat itself, but it's an incredible mimic. And it's when, when there's the, that, that flow-on effect where we go, inflation will happen, it's inevitable. When and to what degree, we don't know. So it is good to be asking these questions and it's good to be planning and trying to understand it. But what you've got to be looking for if you want to be super astute, and I'm not saying that I'll see it, and I might not. I might catch it a little bit too late uh, or, or I might just catch it as it's already, you know, launched. But um, I will get it. But, uh, but you need to be looking for the way that it's different from last time. And that's probably the best advice I can give anybody is that when these things happen again, uh, it's how was it different than it was last time, and if you can see the mimic, then you might be able to get on the really good side of where it's going. Because at the moment, you'd be looking at you'd be looking at it. You go, well, it's not hard to say that it'd be hyperinflation. I'm not saying that it will be, but you look at property prices going up, you look at the cost of property production going up, and that the only the only thing that'll make property uh, production go down. Will be uh deflationary wages deflationary wages uh, or material prices plummeting you know that's the only thing that's going to affect the property price here in Australia because uh the demand is higher than the supply uh, and unless we start bursting out of the seams and going into desert or uh, you know out of outskirts then we won't see that. So you've got to be starting to look at these other triggers to try and understand where it's at. And here's the thing is if if these guys, if the banks start to get involved in um, mezzanine finance again, that is the beginning of interest rates starting to rise because that's them being able to play in the middle of the yield. And mm-hmm. uh, and when they start to play but it, but it might be five years, could be 10 years, Jase. It, it could be a very long time. But the fact that they're thinking about playing there is a really interesting prospect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um probably a, a good opportunity to put a pin in it, Andy. Um it's uh it's 6:13 on a Friday night, so um um I think uh I think that uh there's probably there's a bunch of questions actually we can we can say we can circle these around for next week as well. Um we got a couple of great questions here from Brian, another one from Allison, one from Harry, so We'll put a pit in those guys and uh, we'll circle around for next week. Uh, One more thing before we go. Yeah, go, Andy. Uh, So for all of
1: you business owners out there or anybody who knows a Victorian uh, and is going to give them a great big hug uh, because it's not easy going through these periods of time, Uh, there is a lot of uh, BS that's going around in regards to the government grants and all of those sorts of things. Uh, what I can tell you is go to this website. I won't put up my face there. Jase, just leave it the way that it is maybe uh, or, or whichever. But it's uh, it. yeah. business.vic.gov.au forward slash grants. Uh, you can read it up there. Guys, if you're in here, do us a favour. Drop this link into the uh, the chat of each of our various different areas because we're coming to you from here, there, and everywhere. Uh, But here's the thing is that it's not just for hospitality businesses and it's not just if you are completely stopped from work. They are still working this stuff out, uh, right? They still don't know exactly what this is going to look like as far as a support program. So uh, if you know somebody who is in a small business in Victoria and they're, you know, then they're disrupted by this please share this link with them please share this post with them tell them to go to the end that's why we put it at the end it's telling them to go right the way to the end so they don't have to listen to all of the amazing stuff thanks harry for dropping it in the chat if more of you can do that drop that uh that link in the chat for us go here it is a place where you can get support um and uh and ultimately you know uh, it it's not going to be the solution but maybe it helps you out just through these periods of uh uh, you know a week, maybe a week, and a half let 's hope that it doesn 't go longer than that, but the government grants page, please go there, register your interest it 's more than just hospitality uh, it is if you are affected and you can 't go remote if you 're affected at any stretch of the imagination and you can 't fully do it, please go here, have a look. There are some other terms and conditions, but we 're more than happy to answer some of the questions. Fire them off to me and Jace. Uh, I just wanted to put that out there as a as a bit of a public post uh, before we put a pin in it Jace because uh, Small business, you are, you're in it, I'm in it. Um, we are the backbone uh, of the Australian economy. We we really should have more say than what we do because we pay the politicians more money than any other sector of Australia and we need more right. than anybody else. And so yep. please share the post with everybody out there who's a Victorian business owner. Get it in front of them. You never know, just have the conversation, guys, because the amount of people who have, who have come to Jason and I over the time of Wine and Wisdom when we brought this up right in the beginning... He said, "You know, I, I work with other business owners. We didn't know about these grants, and we didn't think that we were able to to get them. Uh, just you know, share it because you you never quite know. And if you don't ask, then there, there's a potential that a mate of yours may not be able to receive something that will be able to potentially help them out significantly. So yeah, please pass it on. Absolutely,
0: mate. Uh, well said, mate. Well said. Absolutely." Well, folks, um, great to have you guys hanging out with us. Andy Fenton, brother from another mother, fantastic to hang out with you, my friend, Add some value. Um, and, um, yeah, make sure you take care, folks, wherever you are. Um, give a thought to those who can't hang out and do the things that you're doing maybe, um, the Victorians and others around the world, even though we live in Australia in a fabulous place, you know, thinking of uh, those who aren't in such a good place. So. There you go, folks. Fabulous to uh, be back in the saddle. Uh, Join us again next week. Uh, We're back in our mojo on Friday for Wealth, Wine, and Wisdom. Uh, That's it from us. Uh, Well, what do we say? What's the go? Well, for now, it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. (laughs) Good night.